Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another live episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, is Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, welcome by Azuri to the Euro final, baby. I am all about it. <laughs> Congratulations. We were talking before the show about how maybe that wasn't their best performance of the of the tournament. But like you said, uh, hey, it doesn't matter. It's it's one of the, the things that I get a little frustrated about with soccer is Best team doesn't always win. Best team doesn't always tie. The and I don't actually mind ties, so I won't say that. The other, th- it's been a fun sports day. I'm currently watching Bryson DeChambeau yep. and uh, those guys play. Uh, my one complaint about this tournament is I would like to see worse golfers playing for the NFL players. I would like to see. There's something fun about watching the guy who's more likely to shoot 102 than 82. Like I would yeah, like you to gotta, see that. You got to keep this thing moving along. You don't want to just. Fair. This- you don't that want to turn this into a shank fest. Well, just like, wow, well, you what, you were worried about soccer not playing out the way that you wanted to. How about just when it's just who hit just slightly fewer shanks than the other guy? That's all yeah, that would end up being. I, I don't know. There's something about the Charles Barkley. If you have to make it, look, this is currently on a network that shows reruns almost exclusively. I think it would be okay if they blocked out there. Blocked out even more? <laughs> blocked out, out even more? The, the shows that have not been showing new shows since 2005. <laughs> One of the shows that was very popular on our network uh, not too long ago gets shown an awful lot on this network. But, yeah, it would just be kind of fun to see Phil Mickelson playing with Charles Barkley instead of uh, – Tom Brady. Well, you had you had Barkley in the last one. You saw yeah. Phil Mickelson versus Barkley in the last uh, and Barkley in the last one. That's and Barkley fair. like played way better than we've ever seen him play. So that was great. He's fixed his swing. It's kind of he disappointing. Has. I kind of I kind of missed the old uh, almost like Henry Rowengardner. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, for sure. Are you excited for your English team in the final? Or I, I mean uh, in the semifinal tomorrow? I am excited and also kind of rooting for the other team. I we, we <laughs> I, I I just Denmark's story is so great. To to have mm-hmm. that happen literally in the first game and you, yeah. you probably know what we're talking about to go from that to being um a, a win away from playing for a final is is amazing and that's the best thing about sports. These are the stories that are the best. So yeah, if if the, the three lions win, great. But if Denmark wins, I can definitely take some solace because of what they went through. All right, great. You can take the solace if Denmark wins. But if England wins, 
on the pod next week. Yeah. Loser has to go face pain of the other. If, we, uh, if it's a, if it's an Italy US, if it's an Italy England final, loser has to face pain next week. We I get will, the live show ready to go. I will. I will. Uh, I will think about that. We'll see. Think about it. Oh God! <laughs> Grow some stones in your three lions, sir. That's all I'm saying. I know. It's I'm a I'm a fickle fickle fan. Coming up on the show today, Chris and I are going to play a little game of buy or sell. We're gonna, we just kind of created a couple different questions or statements based on performances and stats from the first half of the year. We're going to kind of tell you whether or not we believe in them long-term or not. And if you have any questions that you'd like to write in, you're seeing if, if you're seeing us live, first off, hey, what's up? Second, use your little fingers and write in questions. We'd love to play a little game of buy or sell with you. But first, a friendly reminder, we have a show five days a week here on Circling the Bases. That's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with live shows Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. Obviously, you have Chris and I at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. You have Chris and Guest at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. And you have DJ and Drew every Thursday at 9 p.m. No Drew this week on the Thursday show, but Chris, you're going to be rocking all three live shows this week. I'm not sure if you're ready for that. Like, just be prepared. It's that Thursday show is going to feel long. It's going to feel long. It is going to be, I, I will be honest with you. I have done three radio things today too. So like, I'm going to be really sick of my voice by the time Thursday night comes to an end. I'm just going to say that right now. Well, as the person who has to listen to all of your, trust me, it's equally as sick in mind, uh, but you guys are going to be doing, you guys are going to be uh, doing a mock draft first four rounds mid season. That should be a lot of fun. So make sure you guys are tuning in then. Sure. So let's hop over to the actual content. And before we get to buy or sell, let's quickly talk about some breaking news that has happened just mere minutes before we popped on the show at 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. And that is top prospect. Well, now I can say top prospect for the Rays now that Wander Franco is up on the show. Vidal Brujan, also a top prospect for the Rays. He is going to make his show debut. He's expected to be called up tomorrow. Chris, we've been eagerly awaiting both of those guys to make the majors. We weren't quite sure which one was going to be up first, but we know that both – well, we have a pretty good feeling that both of them are going to be very good for a very long time. Introduce us all to Vidal Brujan. Sure, yeah. This is a guy who has kind of played all over the field, uh, a prospect who was originally just a second baseman, actually started short, moved to second, as we often see with these type of pros- prospects. Um been a top 50 prospect for the last couple of years, a guy on the 2080 scale. We are talking about 80 grade speed. He can run with the best of them, stole 55 bases in his last full season, 48 the year before that. He can fly. And that speed can only do so much if you can't get on base. Should be able to do that. Now, he was only hitting 259 in AAA. Some of that has to do with some unbelievably bad batting average balls and play luck and also some regression because he was hitting like 340, 350 mm-hmm. early yeah, on, yeah. and which is why he was on this list to begin with. Um, yeah, not a ton of power, but hit nine homers in AAA. Nothing too shabby about that considering the sample size of about two months. Uh, a solid defender. Really like this guy in fantasy because he can help you win a category. I mean, his ability – to steal bases is special. He's already stolen 15 bases. Uh, They tend to come in spurts, but that's true about a lot of stolen Mm -hmm. base guys. You know, a guy who steals 81 bases, (laughs) if back in the day when that actually happened, (laughs) uh, or steals 50 bases, it's not one out of every three. It's usually two every 10 or, but he'll get two, you know, or you know what I'm trying to say? They come in bunches like that, the feel or facing catchers. But this is a guy 
who if he is hitting at the top of the order, it would not shock me at all if he's stealing 40 to 50 plus bases. I guess my one question here is how much playing time he's going to get mm-hmm. because look, the Rays are just loaded with this type of profile. Wander Franco is going to play every day. So I'll be very curious to see how they deploy Bruhan. Long-term, really like him. But even in the short term, I'm adding him because he is literally a player, and you can't say this very often, who can help you actually win a category in the second half of the season. Now let me ask you this. in With speed being downgraded in points leagues, sure. how, do you, how does his outlook pair differently That's, in a points league versus a standard category? So I'm probably adding Bruhan still in a points league, but I'm keeping him on my bench. I'm not putting him in the starting lineup because, look, he is a patient hitter. He drew 25 walks in 49 games, which is me being the math expert that we've talked about on this show, about one every two games. And that's a solid rate. But he does strike out. He struck out 34 times. And look, the stolen bases, when you get caught, those really hurt you in the point league. Yep. So, so that is definitely something to be cognizant of. So I'm adding him. I'm adding him in those points leagues, but I'm kind of taking a wait and see approach. Maybe even taking a wait and see approach after I add him in redraft leagues, just be to see one how much he's playing and two, see how the start goes. Like, look, even Wander Franco, mm-hmm. you know, his his numbers aren't where we were hoping for. We we talked about having a uh, a cautious approach with him, but you know, and the the talk about bad luck. I mean, he has so many line drives that I see mm-hmm. getting caught. But look. Um, I, I long-term, I think Juan Franco is going to be fine. I think Vidal Brujan is going to be fine, but I understand adding him and just seeing how things go for a week or so. Excellent. Well, we are past the midway point of the season and fully into your playoff push here in fantasy baseball. So make sure you are signed up for NBC sports edge. Plus we got constantly updated rankings and in-season tools. We got trade analyzers and exclusive content. We basically got it all. If you throw enough money at us, we'll give you Chris's cell phone number and he'll just be a personal helper for you. So make sure you're signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. Best part, signing up for Edge Plus gets you access to our fantasy football, basketball, and hockey sections as well. Football drafts are right around the corner, never too early to get a leg up. And as a reward for our listeners, be sure to use promo code BASES10 to get 10% off any premium subscription package, either monthly or annually, regardless of tier. So to find your edge, make sure you are signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. That promo code again is BASES10. And while you're at it, make sure you downloaded the NBC Sports Edge app. It's great. It's awesome. We love it here. Uh, You will love it as well. You can find it for free at the Apple App Store or Google Play. So let's hop over to our buy or sell section for the first half of the year. And before we even get to the ones that we created, we got a write-in caller uh, writing comments over here from CL Walker 85. He writes in any pitcher informally accused of sticky like Giolito, how are you buying or selling them rest of season? So Chris, before we get into the individual of this in Giolito, obviously this is going to be a case by case basis of every single pitcher out there. Uh, if you want to give a general statement about pitchers in general, you can, but if you want to focus on Giolito, I'm not dropping Giolito, like I'm not dropping Garrett Cole, like I'm not dropping any of the the top-notch guys that you drafted before. I'm not really knocking them down all that much a peg. Talent is talent, and I expect them to figure out how to throw the ball as best as they can. It's just going to take a little bit of time now that we started this process halfway through the season. Um, but for guys who say we're fringier, who we have seen um, – 
you know, guys at the back end of your rotation who are now suddenly taking a drop off in the last two weeks prior to the two months prior. Right. Well then, yeah, I think we could have a conversation about those guys, but for the Giolitos, the Coles, I was going to say the Bowers, but I don't think we need to worry about him for a while. Um, it seems I would, I would, I'm buying all of them long-term still. Yeah. I just, I think you make a great point with the, uh, the adjustment period. Like, mm-hmm. look, they, um, they have made a significant change. This is something that is unprecedented to, to, to have this kind of where you could use something where you can't, you really can't compare it to anything else that we've seen really in sports, and especially in the middle of the season. Middle of the season, not, yeah. You did not give these guys a, uh, a two weeks in spring training to get used to it or two months in spring training to get used to it. You didn't give them anything. So look, you have to be patient, but like all of these guys now are on a level playing field. And I'm just going to tell you right now, every pitcher was using that stuff. Mm -hmm. Every pitcher was using some combination of something to grip the baseball. So there Mm -hmm. is not, it's not all of a sudden where you expect, okay, you've got Garrett Cole, right? Who is as talented as any pitcher outside of Jacob DeGrom. He is not going to drop below Marco Gonzalez because he can't drip the baseball. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Or you're not going to see Marco Gonzalez just have a small dip and Garrett Cole have a massive dip. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. There are things right now. Some of what Garrett Cole's struggles are is baseball is hard. He's been due for some struggles. Like he has had two plus years of dominance. I promise you, as good as Jacob DeGrom is, and we'll talk about him in just a sec. He's going to go through some struggles too. I mean, he had, uh, he gave up three runs in the first inning. I didn't think I'd ever see that happen, you know, but look, baseball is a difficult game and you can't just automatically assume it's because of equipment change. But look, all of these guys are going to adjust. They're still going to be among the best players. Their numbers just may look different than like you might see a 2.5 ERA instead of a two or a 3.75 ERA instead of a three but they're still going to be better than those other options. So you just got to stick with it. And boy, what a mess. I, I really hate what they've done with yep. this stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, let's talk about some fun stuff. Deal. Let's hop over to maybe the most fun stuff that is, exists in baseball right now. Shohei Otani is a god. And he will <laughs> maybe destroy lights in the in the bleachers in, oh. in, Col- in Coors oh. Field yeah. for the home run derby. And I cannot <laughs> wait to see that. I can't but, wait. He is also leading the majors in home runs with 31 to date. He's currently on pace for 58 home runs. Chris, I'll ask you, does Otani break 60 by the end of the year? I don't think so. And I hate saying this because any negative thought that comes out about Otani <laughs> for me, it's like bile. Like, it's just like this, this hurts me. But I think what might happen here, first of all, uh, his fly ball percentage, he just can't keep as much power as this dude has. And you can argue that he may have the most raw power in baseball right now. I am always uh, amazed that when I see that, how cut that dude is like mm-hmm. that dude is ripped. He yeah. looks like yeah. an edge rusher when he doesn't have his sleeves on. And mm-hmm. that is, I think, I think we just kind of forget that this dude is, is not just athletic and fast, but he's built like a, uh, like a, sturdy young man and but i do think that he's going to have a little bit of fly ball luck that doesn't go his way until i imagine that at some point he's not going to get as much playing time down the stretch especially 
Um, if the if the Angels are in contention, you got to keep his arm because he. I mean, to call him the mm-hmm. best pitcher on the Angels right now is the understatement of understatements of understatements. So if they have to keep him a little fresh, maybe you only see him playing instead of six times a week. Maybe you only see four or five. So I think he's fifty. At this point, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get to fifty. Can't see fifty-five or sixty. I agree with you. I'm selling this as well, and it's mostly, I mean, injury aside, and knock on all of the wood in the world that there is no such thing as an injury this year because we want to see it play out for 162. But you have to assume that at some point they are going to need to rest him a little bit towards the end of the year. You just have to assume that they can't burn him at both ends. And like you said, if they're not in wild card contention, they have even less of an onus to to drive him into the ground, knowing exactly. that next year, hey, we got Otani, we've got Rendon, we got uh, theoretically a fully healthy Mike Trout. Like we might be able to pull something. So um, I don't think he gets to sixty. I think he gets to fifty. And if you told me at the beginning of the year that Shohei Otani was going to get fifty home runs, I would have slapped you across the face with glee. <laughs> so I will take whatever we can get. But yeah, I don't. I think sixty. I think. I think uh, Maris is pre-steroid 61 is still going to stand come end of season. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk a little Vlad Jr., the other guy who's competing with him for AL MVP. Does Vlad Jr. win the AL Triple Crown? I'm going to say yes. There it is. Good. Give me a bye. I love it. it, it, You know, the one I'm the most worried about is Homer's because he's already four now behind Mm -hmm. Otani. But I think he plays in a much better lineup than Toronto, than the Angels do. With all due respect to, to hopefully we get to see Mike Trout back and stuff like that. But Otani may not get the chance to drive in Mike Trout. Though. So that is um, uh, th- th- a disbenefit to him. And he's not really among the, the candidates for that anyway. And certainly not in the average. But I just think this is the best hitter in baseball right now. And I, th- I do not see that lull. I don't see him going through. And you know what? He's going through a power lull right now and is only four homers behind. So mm-hmm. I just think, and I want it. I want it so bad because I think, look, all due respect to all fantasy analysts. They do, they work so hard on this stuff. But the idea that people were talking about this dude, like he was a bust mm-hmm. for having an LPS yep. near 800 as someone who could barely buy alcohol. Yeah, is insane. Yeah. Insane. It's just not in, it's just it's insane and I just want him to look th- I'm not saying that people weren't even long-term believers but the the idea that he was dropped so far on boards to begin the year and a little bit of it was because of first base. I get that too. Mm-hmm. Um like it's it's easier to buy him as a third baseman than the first baseman. I I I get that a little bit too. But this dude is special, and I would just love to see something special from him. I mean, did you see the post, by the way, from his dad about yes. – uh, Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I could have just – make that a Hallmark movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was like – that was as emotionally manipulative as anything yeah. I've seen on yeah, that Yeah, channel. it pulled on all the right heartstrings there. But it was great. Yeah, I, I'm going to say yes. I'm probably wrong, but I'm going to say yes. I'm going to sell, and the only reason why I'm going to sell is – I think the batting average conversation tends to get really difficult when we try and spread that out throughout the entire year. I mean, even a, even a, even a minor cold streak can knock you down a couple percentage points to get you there. He's currently second. He's four points back from Brantley and about uh, 14 up on Guriel and 15 up on Bogarts. So he's got like, it's all, it's, it's a crowded field. 
And then uh, he is second in home runs, like you said, four back from Otani, six up from Devers, so he probably is good there. It's truly, I think, a two-horse race in that category. And then RBIs, he's two back from Devers. Devers has 71 right now, which is just lunacy. We don't talk about him nearly enough. Uh, Devers has 71. Vladdy has 69. Otani has 67. And then Abreu and Walsh have 62 and 61. So – Crowded fields here. I'm going to sell because I think just somewhere something has to give. But this is one of those I genuinely hope I'm wrong because I would love to see Vladdy pull it off because he just looks so locked in right now. Sure. And like you said, I just don't see a lull, not a lull that is going to crater him in any way, shape, or form. Like he looks about as consistent as you can get. There hasn't been much of a lull through 80 games. I don't expect much moving forward. I'll say this. I'm going to be very interested to see – where we draft him in our uh, on in our show on Thursday. Like I'll be very yeah, curious to see too. where he's going to go because you can make an argument for a lot of spots, but uh, yeah, I just, I really would love to see it. It's in this year of last couple of years of just so much bad. I would love to see something great like this. I can't imagine he falls past six in that draft, but I'm not drafting, so we'll <laughs> yeah. find out. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Jacob deGrom as uh, we brought him up or mentioned him a little bit ago. Sure. I'll ask you, Chris, does Jacob deGrom end the season with a sub-1 ERA? I don't think so, and it is, again, I, I hate saying things negative about Jacob deGrom. This is why I ask um, you the tough questions, Yeah, Chris. This, that is why you ask me the tough questions. It's just too hard. There, look, it, it means that, look, what Earn ran, a, an ERA below one means that for every nine innings you pitch, mm-hmm. you are giving up less than a run or equal to a run to, if you're at one. Right. So it's just too hard. There are going to be – you know, and here's the thing about earned run average is like there can be bad defense that hurts you that still leads mm-hmm. to earned runs. There right. are that is why earned run average is not always the greatest stat for determining how well a pitcher is pitched. Um, he may have a game where he gives up, especially with that defense. Like I love you, Dom Smith, and I will, I'll say it at the end of the show again. Like it just takes one misplayed mm-hmm. ball from him that turns a and out into a double that becomes an an earned run and every earned run becomes huge. So I would yep. imagine if you were saying 1.75 I'd go under, but one I I think he I think that's just asking just a little too much. And again, the best player in baseball history and again, just to, to clarify for anybody, buy sell do not sell Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, Jacob yeah. DeGrom. If, if anyone read into that, please don't <laughs> yeah. read into that. Um, sure. I agree with you. I'm selling as well here. Just for all the reasons you said, it's just too stinking hard. To it's keep hard. That good that long. Yeah. yeah. There's the reason why no one's touched this number since Gibson. And there's a reason why I can't imagine we'll see it touched again right. post DeGrom for a while. So it only takes one bad start. One day when you're not on your game to give up seven and seven earned in four innings and be suddenly mortal and see your ERA rise by half a run. So um, I think at some point, like you said, with Cole, there's a little regression at some points, just theoretically, like there has to be, but he's the best pitcher in the game and it's going to be close, but I can't imagine him sticking with an ERA sub one. If he's going to do it, he's going to have to have one of those 30 inning scoreless streaks. It's, right. it's going to have to happen again. Where it's going to be joke level. And where, e- yeah. yeah. And even then, even with like a 30, even if he breaks Oral Hershiser's record of yep. scoreless innings, still very hard to go below one. 
All right, let's stick on the mound here because I think this is a I will I will pose the question. Right now, the Milwaukee Brewers are first place in the National League Central. If they are to go on and make the postseason, do the Brewers have the best postseason rotation in the game? So this is when we were uh, formulating the show, and uh, believe it or not, we actually do have a play. We do. We talk. We do. (laughs) It is – that was my favorite question, and it's, I think, the most difficult one. I think, yes. I really do think, yes. Look, Freddie Peralta is legit. Freddie Peralta is the third starter on that team right now and is beyond legit. Like, that stuff – and again, with the show with Nathan Bishop, where we talked about uh, uh, the Adam Lynn for Freddie Peralta trade. That's one. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, not great. Um, but look, mm. Brandon Woodruff is a legit number one starter. And so is Corbin Burns. And one of those guys is two. So uh, look, the Dodgers are a competitor. Um, I think that uh, is anybody else really close? I threw the Mets in there as a possibility. Yeah, yeah, Grom yeah, Stroman, sure. Taiwan yeah. Walker's looks great. Carlos hey, Carrasco could be back. Carlos Carrasco back. Yeah, that would compete with them. But I will go look. If you're talking about uh, the Mets and Brewers facing off, yeah, the Mets have the edge in Game One. But I'm giving the edge in Game Two and Game Three mm-hmm. to uh, the Brewers. And as good as Degrom is. Um, Woodruff can compete with him zero for zero. I really think that might be the best rotation right now in terms of a postseason chance. They're going to be really dangerous, assuming they can hang on and hold on to that NL Central lead. It's close for me. I'm going to sell it, and only because I think the Dodgers with have are a tiny bit deeper with that. Like if you told me we're going into Game Four with Adrian Hauser versus say Tony Gonsolin or something along those lines, like. I, I like Kershaw. I like Arias. I like sure. Bueller. And of course, Bauer's not in the conversation anymore. But like, if that was, if he was, I think it'd be, I think it'd be tough to make the argument. But Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta, 210 ERA, 2.41 ERA, 2.23 ERA, respectively, down the line. All of them with 120 plus strikeouts so far this year. It is going to be genuinely difficult to get past the Brewers yeah. if any one of those three. If, if all three of them have a good game, if all three of them pitch to what they are in any given series, good luck. And by the way, Josh Hader closing out games for them. Too. Uh, yeah. And Josh Hader closing out games is always yeah, nice. I mean, that's, I, I have some questions about the lineup. Um, it's kind of funny. Milwaukee and New York are playing a series right now. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, I, I, I think if you bump it to four, maybe I would go with the Dodgers, but I think that because of, and look, if they pull the 2009 Yankees and just yeah. go like three man rotation and just sure. let it run, yeah. give me the Brewers. Give me the yeah. Brewers again and again. But if they're yeah. going to stretch it to four, I would love to see the Brewers go out and make like a move for Kyle Gibson or something sure. like that. Just absolutely. like just solidify that yeah. final spot and yeah. crush. Sure. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk the one that I was so upset that you picked at the end of the day <laughs> to, for us to do. Buy or sell, will the Yankees miss the playoffs? Uh, this is a tough one. I I am going to say, yeah, <laughs> I really, this is really hard. Yeah. I'm going to say that they don't miss the playoffs. And I am going to say that because I just am struggling to believe that Boston is this good. 
as as good as the middle of the lineup is, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some major regression. Now, I think Tampa Bay to me is the one team, even though they've had some serious rotation issues lately, I still think they're the team that's the the better option. But I think they can catch the Blue Jays. I think they're better than Cleveland. I know they're better than Seattle. The question is, is can they catch Oakland, I think, for that second playoff spot? But honestly, I'm saying this right now on July 6th at 427. And if you're listening to this on July 7th, that's fine, too. But I'm saying it right now. I would not be shocked if the New York Yankees won that division. I know how bad they're struggling right now, but there's too much talent on that team. And I, I, I know that uh, a run differential of negative 11 is not great. I think they're better than that. I I, I kind of hope they don't because I'd like to see Toronto make the playoffs just because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is more fun to me than DJ Lemayhew, all due respect. And I, I'd love it's to more see... More fun to me too, yeah. I'd love it's, to see him fun just, is what we're arguing Yeah, about, yeah. exactly. Uh, I'd love to see <laughs> Bo Bichette playing in the playoffs and all of those guys. But I think the Yankees are just... I would not be shocked at all if they just went on an extreme hot streak because, boy, are they due for it. I agree. I'm selling the Yankees missing the playoffs as well. I think there's enough in there for them to get into the wild card. I'm not sure if they have 10 and a half games. They have to play 10 and a half games better than the Red Sox right now to usurp them in the ALE standings. I think that's going to be tough. Right. Granted, they have, I think they've only played six games against them this year, which means they have 12 more. So they have plenty of opportunities to go through. Um, to, to take it to Boston on their own. But five and a half games back for the second wild card. Yes, they have to jump four teams, but I'm not in love with any of those four teams really, except for Oakland, who I think has been, uh, once again, every year we just find that Oakland is is a contender come July and August. But I think the Yankees, you're right. I think the Yankees, if the next two weeks are anything, yeah, it's going to imply it's going to tell me if the Yankees are going to be at all active on the trade deadline and try and make a genuine push with the talent that they have, or they're not. And right. now I will say yes, they can make the playoffs. Talk to me in two weeks if the next two weeks are you know six and you know six and twelve, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, well never mind. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be really close. I did want to answer this question that we just got. Yes, from, I was going to uh, bring it up. Thank Mike you. D. So he's asking if Isaiah Kiner Falefa has been killing him lately and just got dropped to ninth in the lineup. Should I drop him for Josh Rojas or Ahmad Rosario as my utility guy? If Isaiah Kiner Falefa isn't your catcher, I think he's droppable. Look, the steals are very nice, but I'm I'm fading uh, Kiner Falefa unless he's your starting catcher and unless. You have somebody like uh, JT Real Muto or Will Smith as your starting catcher. Then, like, look, yeah, I'd rather, I'd still, because of the steals, rather have Kiner Falefa than the overwhelming majority. But if he's your utility player and you can't play him a catcher, and next year he won't be able to be played be, a yeah. catcher. So, a, a huge fade for next year. But uh, for this year, look, if he's just your utility guy, yeah, I would drop him for both of those guys. I agree. I I agree with you on both of those. I've never been a Kiner Falefa fan outside of the catcher position, right? Or at least not not a major one. Like that's what got him. That's what made him interesting. It's a rever- it's a it's a Joe Mauer scenario where <laughs> yeah. Joe Mauer was a was absolute beast at at the catcher position, but sure. suddenly he moved to first base, and you were like, okay, now he's just an average first baseman, 
And at least from an offensive standpoint. So I think it's a similar scenario there just without the speed in the Maurer conversation. Totally fair. All right, let's go to, uh, let's, let's flip over to the San Francisco giants and I'll ask you, are you buying or selling Chris, the San Francisco giants win the national league West? This so the reason why I wanted us to do this one because it's the easiest answer for me. No chance in heck. Like I'm sorry, the San Francisco Giants. Thirty-one half game up on the Dodgers right now, entering July sixth. I hope that this becomes. I hope this becomes the freezing cold take of freezing cold take. (laughs) Look, they're going to end up making the playoffs as at worst the second wild card. I think just because. I don't see a wild card contender in the central or the east nope. right now. Nope, nope, nope. But I don't see them winning that division. The Padres and Dodgers are just, in terms of talent, so much better. And one of the questions we ended up, I believe, skipping was we were going to ask about Kevin Gaussman. Yeah. Kevin Gaussman is legit. And I think you can argue we were going to talk about whether or not he was a top five starting pitcher. I think it's probably closer to seven or eight. But nevertheless, a legitimate top of the rotation guy and you know anthony descalfani if you take out one start mm-hmm. has been a, like one of the best yep. starters in baseball um buster posey one of the best stories in baseball hopefully the thumb works out okay um take a be be ready to add joey bard if that situation doesn't go right by the way um but look the padres and dodgers are just different it's just a, a different level of talent and i know the Do- padres have been kind of middling lately but the dodgers are nine have won nine of their last ten I'm not even going to talk about the uh, the name that they don't have right now, but the fact is is that they have the depth to replace anybody, really. I mean, that is one of the things about the Dodgers is they're so deep. I cannot imagine that they don't win that division, and if anybody else wins it, it's the Padres. I'm sorry, Giants. Giants, second-best run differential in the National League, plus 104. Only team there behind, the Dodgers, who are plus 120. I agree yeah. with you there. Dodgers, if – this is essentially a a dead heat race as the Dodgers are only a half game back right now. So this is essentially a dead heat. And if you tell me I get to pick the Giants or the Dodgers for the back 80 games of the year, yeah. give, me the, give me the Dodgers. Like, give me the Dodgers. The Giants would need more of a, of a, a head start here for me to be betting on the Giants on that front. Sure. And like you said, the Padres also with 50 wins, they're four and a half back. Um, from the Giants, they're four back from the Dodgers. They're going to be in this conversation all year as well. I just yeah. can't imagine the Giants. And you know what? I've been wrong about them all year. So sure, everyone has. Know, so for all I know, they're going to end up winning 110 games this year and yeah. breaking records. But you know what? I just I, I will stick to the idea that they're not technically as good as they are. And uh, uh, and yes, Dodgers come back and take it. I'll just um, say this real quick. Yep. One of those teams is going to be one of the best third place teams that we've had since we made the switch to the, uh, yep. to the, to the division, to this type of division race. Somebody is going to finish third. That is really good because at this point with that run differential and that record, you can't say the giants aren't a good team, right? It is no shame to be worse than the Dodgers and the Padres, but yeah. absolutely. Somebody, I, mean, I somebody, think, I think yes. there are a couple like NL central matchups a couple years ago that were sure. like similar to this. Yeah. American League East before they moved to the two wild card were Yankees, Red Sox, and like a, usually some very good Orioles or Blue Jays teams. Yes, I'm trying to think of other times where it's like these are like three of the best teams that we have in the league. And 100%. fortunately, we have at least the second wild card that puts them into relevancy. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm reminded of when my when the Mariners won 
uh, 93 games in 2002 and 2003 yes. and didn't make the playoffs. That's right. That's, that, that's when when Oakland and I believe Los Angeles at that point was the, the second best team. But like, yeah, that was the, the Terry Frank. That was yeah. the, uh, no, not Terry Francona. Um, why am I blanking on the manager's name? Because I couldn't uh, stand him because he beat my Yankees every single time. Mike Socha. <laughs> Mike yeah, Socha he beat yeah, my Yankees yeah. every single time. That's the reason yes, why I remember. Sir. Well, we are all rooting for Mike Socha in the Olympics. I just want to say that. Right yes, now. we are. So, um, but, Go uh, USA. As but I yeah, Italian <laughs> just just to, to yes, as I to just to to drive that point home, the Dodger the Giants are good. The Dodgers and Padres are just better. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The trade deadline is rapidly approaching. This was a fun question that I thought we'd ask. Sure. Um, all right, Chris, Trevor Story widely believed to be on the move at some point this year in a Manny Machado-esque trade. Sure. Buy or sell, Trevor Story is the most interesting slash impactful player to be traded at the deadline. I think so. I think you could make an argument for... Maybe if the if the Rockies actually did, and a report came out today that they're not expected to move Herman mm-hmm. Marquez. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that would be maybe a little more interesting. The only reason I would say that is because of how well Marquez has been pitching, and we've seen him go on these absolute hot streaks. But you have to go with the track record of story of him being one of the best shortstops in baseball. Like apparently, right now, according to like the reports that I've read and the limited that I've talked to people. The Rockies are kind of in a tough position right now because teams know they have to deal him. They yeah. literally, after the Nolan Arenado situation, they cannot just let Trevor Story walk. So unless they're willing to pay him a massive amount of money, and I can't Which imagine they, they, they won't. And honestly, at this point, if you're Trevor Story, why you would have? Why would you sign unless why? you got something? where you became the highest paid shortstop yeah. in baseball. And it might have to be by a considerable margin too. Like you might yeah, have then, to get. The other problem yeah. is then is you almost fall into like A-Rod levels going to yeah. Texas. You know well, what I mean? The, well, like, congratulations, the you're the highest paid player, but like yeah. there's no budget for anybody else and enjoy that's, and that's winning two games a year. Exactly. And that's where Trevor Story would have to, you know, like I don't know Trevor Story. Uh, mm-hmm. 
he would if if I wouldn't blame him for saying I don't care if I'm getting thirty five right. million dollars a year. It's, yeah. So more power to him. But it is something. If I could get thirty five million dollars and go play for a team that can spend more money, then yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that does sound better. But yeah, I can't imagine that there is a better player move than Trevor Story. The the only thing I'll say is. Seems like every year there's that one guy who gets moved that we don't expect. Yeah. Um, uh, if I would go, the next would be maybe Starling Marte. I, I think mm-hmm. after hearing that apparently they offered him three years, thirty million. That's one of the most laughable things I've heard in quite some time since the uh, since the deferral contract offered to Trevor Simeon. Basically, yep. that he would be up there. But uh, like, look, I know Trevor Story's numbers aren't where they were the last couple of years, but I would say he's the most impactful they moved. Yeah, I think also those numbers will jump right back up when he's on a team that's relevant again. Sure. Um, Kyle Gibson honestly continues to pitch very well, so he's sure. an option in there. Yeah. If Max Scherzer ever actually moves, which that's a good one. that would jump, that would jump. I think everybody, um, but I, I just don't see him leaving the Nationals. I, he, the Nationals love him, and the fan base loves him. And are the Nationals that far out of the wild no. card that they're not? No. So I don't no. think so. No. Um, the Cubs losing 10 straight, could that actually mean that what we didn't think was going to happen is finally yeah, going to happen, which is they're going to blow it up? Craig Kimbrell would be maybe the most interesting option from the Chris bullpen. Bryant. Chris Bryant, Rizzo, like all those guys, yeah. even Javi Baez. Javi I mean, Baez, yeah. Um, let's say, I mean, kudos to Adam Frazier here, who might be a conversation as well. Like sure. Pittsburgh, him and Brian Reynolds could both be moved from Pittsburgh. They could be it, but – um, I think I agree. I'm buying Trevor story as the most impactful. I think he is maybe because I know he's going to get moved. Whereas I the other ones are just kind of like maybe sorters, but yeah. Trevor story is going to get moved. And I think he gets moved to a good team. And I think he bounces right back to the Trevor story of years past where he yeah. just becomes an offensive juggernaut. So and I'll let, take that as well. Let me tell you the, the, the other thing that's going to happen with the Trevor story thing is because, Okay. The, the the market's not great right now, and they, yep. they're not getting offered the elite prospects knowing they have to move. But then something else happens as we get closer to the trade deadline. You can't be – let's say you are uh, – let's say you are uh, a, a contending team. I can't think of who exactly fits <laughs> okay. the best. But pick like, the let's Brewers. Say, I was going to say yeah, pick the, the Brewers. Brewers. Pick sure. The, well, the they got Brewers, Willie Adamas now. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but let's say that – let's say they wanted to move Willie Adamas to second base or third right. base or whatever. Okay. If you're that team and you are that team that lets Trevor Story go and you don't match the low offer, then you are going to get crushed in PR. And this happens yeah. all the time. It's why that low market all of a sudden becomes at least a medium high market because all of a sudden it goes, well, we can't just lose out on the opportunity to get Trevor Story. So yeah. at the end of the day, I would still imagine Colorado gets a decent return. But you, I think at the end of the day, they will also say, maybe we should have done this before the season started. No question. And the fact that they didn't was was wrong. As soon as they moved Arenado, they should have moved him too and started the season fresh. 100%. But, but I agree with you there. It doesn't – just because you know he's going to have to be moved, that changes and that loses your leverage. That changes completely if there's a – if there's a bidding war anywhere. And 100%. so long as there's a bidding war, yeah. we'll go, we'll take a, you know, a mediocre deal to a good deal pretty quickly. All yeah. right, let's do one last one. Cause I think this was a fun one. Acuna, 23 home runs, 16 steals. Tatis, 27 home runs, 18 steals. Otani, 31 homers, 12 steals. 
Chris, do we get a 40-40 season this year? That's a really fun one to end on. And I'm going to say yes again. And I think it's Tatis Jr. I okay. think I think he's going to to me right now, 40 homers is a, like a lock. Like, yeah, it's, it's tough for me to yeah. so it's tough for me to not imagine that he's not gonna get there. What did you say he was at in steals right now? 18. He's got 18, 18 steals. So 22 more steals. <laughs> the only thing that worries me a little bit is if maybe the Padres say. Hey, buddy, I know you can still do <laughs> Yeah, right? We, yeah. We have to keep your shoulder in sack. We, We've we got just, plenty more years yeah, to get 40-40. Yeah. So, right? so, yeah. so maybe they start telling him to do the uh, the old slide on the side type of thing so they make sure that his shoulder gets – Right. But I can – I to say I can easily see him stealing 22 more bases, yeah, I can definitely see that. And again – you know what? I'm going with what I want to see in this case. And I want to see a 40-40 player. And to see it um, from a player as talented as Fernando Tatis. I'm going to buy 40-40 as well. And I think we get two. I'll be honest with you. I think Acuna and Tatis both get there. That's I don't great. think Otani does because I don't think they risk him on the on the bases enough. They have too much to do. Too much to do. But Acuna 23-16. and 16, And honestly, I haven't felt like Acuna's really locked himself into this year yet. Like this feels like he's still kind of on cruise control. Like he hasn't really revved up those engines just yet. And I think he absolutely has 17 more home runs in him and they use him plenty on the base paths. And I think he wants, he came into the season wanting 40, 40. And I think at the end of the year, like he's going to push everything he can to get there. And like you said, with Tatis, it, the only reason why he doesn't get 40-40 is if they tell him not to steal anymore because oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he gets 20 more steals, when, especially when games start really you know, ramping up in late July, August, September, when every game matters a little bit more. I think Tatis gets in. I think Acuna gets in. We might have, like I think, the first year in baseball history where we get two 40-40s. And if that's oh, the case, so that would be awesome, and I'm buying that. That is, it, again, it might be a fever dream, but I'm buying it. I'll tell you this. I'm looking at the stats right now. So we may only get, we may get zero 40-40s. Right. It's we a might very hard thing to do. But we might get a few 30-30s this year. Trey Turner mm. is at 15 Absolutely, we're going to get 30s. Uh, Fernando Tatis is a pretty much a lock at 27 and 18. Um, Trevor Story has 11 homers and 15 steals. Cedric Mullins has 15 homers and 15 steals. Those guys all Ozzy Albies has 15 homers yeah. and 13 steals. I mean, you could we could be talking about a good six to eight guys getting 30-30. That's kind of unprecedented. And it's great to see because the stolen base, like not to be too much Abraham J. Simpson again yelling at the cloud, but like the stolen base is one of the most exciting plays in all of sports. So to get to see these young guys run and hit for power, it's not just uh dink and dunk guys yep. who are stealing these bases. These are legitimate power hitters that are running it's awesome well especially considering that the game tried to all but write out the stolen yeah, base exactly. like six seven years ago and now all of a sudden it's made its triumphant return which is sure. ideal because again a stolen base is one of the most exciting plays in all of sports agreed well that just about finishes up our show for today if you like what you're hearing make sure you are subscribed to circling the bases wherever you listen to your podcasts and if you listen on apple podcasts please be sure to rate and review us Love those five stars. It's All-Star Weekend, five of them. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. 
Be sure to tune back in tomorrow as Chris invites Aaron Fit of D1Baseball.com on the pod at 7 Eastern to get you ready for next week's draft. So make sure you don't miss it. So until next time, stay safe out there. And as always, thanks for the listen and Forza Italia. And I love you, Dom Smith, and I'm sorry I made fun of your defense. Bye. (laughs) Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.